whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Uh, sorry about the delay. We're having a ton of technical troubles tonight. And uh, <laughs> so welcome to Squatch TV for June 28th, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles. There's my co-host down there. And, hey, Steve. Uh, How's it going, bud? Uh, you know how it is. I just... <laughs> Little uh, technical issues uh, with standing. No, you know, we're not too bad here in Kentucky. Yeah. It's kind of rainy here today. I hope you're uh, not shoveling snow up there in uh, New York. Yep. Um, <clears throat> one comment about the intro music and the uh, oh. the thing is, uh, Dave Winter said that the intro music is set too loud. No, it's mm. not set too loud. It's uh, the StreamYard process, and I've tried everything and under. It's either going to be inaudible or it's too loud. There's, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. if you play the the video, everything. <laughs> The whole entire video actually has been compressed, so it's at the same level straight on through. So I don't yeah, understand. Like, 
on one setting you can't hear it and then on the next setting it's like wow yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's definitely an issue here in in other words i can't i can't produce a piece of music on this thing uh that sounds normal one way it like if you listen to you can hardly hear it and then you put it on here and it's like (laughs) so i i don't know i don't i don't get it um, there's, like I said, it's one of the little ticks we have here, but one of the few. So I want to welcome everybody to this show. We did a very limited, uh, very limited, uh, advertisement, uh, for this show tonight, uh, just because of time constraint, uh, for many who don't know, I'm, uh, uh, off, uh, on expedition the next two days, start, starting Monday and Tuesday. So I will be bringing back some video from that and hopefully, uh, some interesting results. Uh, we, one could hope. Um, so, yep, I'll be out there with, uh, some of the team and I want to wish Mike and get well. He is uh, right now sitting in the ER, possibly kidney stones. I hope he's okay. So hang in there, Mike. Hang in there. So, uh, let's do our greetings. Uh, of course, Cryptidville's in tonight. You need to, need to snap already. We got, (laughs) we got B, B. We haven't seen B in a while. Welcome back, B. Hi, B. David, good afternoon. Thanks, David. And we got, of course, Alan. Alan, how you doing, Rock uh, Kite Man? How you doing? <laughs> Terry, welcome. Terry. And, uh, of course, my buddy Dan. Dan, how you doing, brother? Good to see you out there. Aaron, Ooh, welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome, welcome. Dan, Aaron. OT, what's going on? OT. And, of course, we got Walt. So that's the little start. Walt. And so, little Walt, probably. And little Walt, probably. If not, well, little Walt may be in bed. <laughs> I tell you, it's been one hellacious week. I uh, had some internet problems earlier this week and I managed to scrape that all out. But for whatever reason, uh, oh, and also in is uh, Chris. Good afternoon. Chris. Welcome again. Pat. <clears throat> Pat's in. Yep. See ya. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, there's Pat. There he is. Hey, Pat. That's well, you know, I would have issues uh, with one company that I used to be with, Steve. And it would like it was horrible, and then they would come here on the, the appointment day, like a week later, and then all of a sudden everything worked perfectly. And then <laughs> as soon as they left, man, it was back went back to horrible. You know, I think they were like flipping a switch or something on me. I don't know. Yep, I'm and, I'm not with those guys anymore. <laughs> hello, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, and you know Jimmy what? I, I have not had problems only for the last maybe a couple of weeks. I've been having yeah. issues with which, uh, you know, started to attack when we were taking a little time off. And also, right. like, the comp- like not all the time. It wasn't a consistent issue. It was like at times it was like the computers were just running all slow. So what yeah. I did was a couple of things. I upgraded our our speeds. So now, uh, you know, now I'm at 400 megabytes a second for the Internet. Of course, I oh. have a smart home here. So everything is connected to the Internet just about. And uh, oh, uh, Charlie no. Wonton is in the house. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and Nikki, welcome, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Um, don't uh, don't do the smart home, Steve. Don't do it, man. That's how oh, they I, get you. Skynet. Oh, I'm <laughs> I I'm not into conspiracy theories, and I've had this thing. It works. It works wonderful. Everything normally, and um, so well, it's like you know I, we do we do we 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 have one of those Google things. My boys got it for me for Christmas a couple I don't know, two or three years ago. And, uh, you know, really, though, 
I mean, you can be talking like me and the other day, me and my wife was talking about some kind of uh, bamboo flooring we was looking at. And, you know, just with the speaker there, next time I open up my computer, guess what ads I'm getting? That's ads really weird. For bamboo that, flooring. How about yeah, that's, that? Yeah, well, that's why I don't have Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody is listening somewhere. Oh, Alan. At least something smart in my house is smart. That's very true. <laughs> I wouldn't go say, say that, Alan, but <laughs> uh, all right. I took a beat there. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, very interesting stuff, uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, I've been at this a long time and, uh, I, I managed to get, uh, find, um, I, 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 I managed to find, a lot of my older research and some of the, the, the documents and scientific reports done by scientists. Um, and one of my favorite scientists was uh, uh, Henry Wolf Ferenbach, who retired from the community quite some time ago. In fact, I, I don't think we had him on when you were co-hosting the show, mm -mm. Chris. No. No. But uh, he, he was awesome. It was just it was like a year before he retired or within the year he retired. Um, but he had... He, <clears throat> he had done some some uh, um, some statistical work right. uh, on on uh, the John Green database, and uh, uh, also reports uh, contributed by Dr. John Napier, who I've I've talked about on the show, yeah. and um, uh, yet another uh, doctor, which I'm trying to look at, but um, uh, well. John Green, uh, uh, some have been uh, by Peter Byrne. Um, so yeah. it, it's quite an extensive. Um, so I'll start off with, uh, um, and, and Jimmy, welcome, Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, we'll start off with, with an a interesting thing. Let's, let's start with some questions. Uh, at a, a collection of 706 footprints. Now, this article came out. I want to say circa 2000. So this is a 20 year old report. Yeah. Hard to believe. But um, let me just check the date on this. Eric's in the house. Hi, Eric Altman. Hello, Mr. Altman. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, anyway, I've I, this this report I've actually had for 14 years. So I, I actually have the date I printed it on the uh, on the on the paperwork right here. So, um, but. They they used a collection of seven hundred foot and six footprints, and the and what do you think the average uh, length was of the foot? And I'm going to go with fourteen inches. Fourteen. Uh, if anybody else wants to comment in the comments, what they think, throw it out there now. Um, <laughs> so we have an average footprint length because we got talking last week about footprints, right? Um. And, uh, and, uh, Hey, Eric, say hello to, uh, give Woody a pat on the head for us. Tell him we're all pulling in for him, pulling for him. Yeah. Yeah. Woody the Pomeranian. Um, so we got a 16, 17 and a half. Um, what did you say again? You said 16, Chris, 14, 14. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So Chris, the average length with was 15.6 inches. Uh, off a little bit, but yep. yeah. 
so Walt had it. Walt was the closest. Um, mm. Good job, Walt. Yeah. So yeah, it was fifteen point six percent. And B and B and yeah. Jimmy, they said sixteen. Yeah. So, uh, so I found that very interesting because in New York, a lot of our tracks are like 13, 14, 15 All inches, right. which right. is within a couple inches of the, of, you know, two and a half inches of the average, right. um, you know, and, and, uh, the PNW, they've seen tracks, you know, 17, 18 inches. Uh, oh, I asked how what he was doing and he said, we'll do. He's having a rough night. Get it rough. Mm, <laughs> rough. Um, <laughs> well, see, I, I would say that's just a, I just threw that number out as a as a guess because I would think that uh, you know if you have some some big old boys walking around out there, they they're they're not out as much as the like the smaller guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, although you might have a, a find a track that's twenty one inches long and nine inches wide at the heel, that's going to be a few and far between. I'm thinking. So they, they talk about gate where there's been actual tracks found. Um, most footprints that are found have obviously been imprinted in the absence of human observers, except 89 sets cited above. Right. Um, so the actual pace length. Uh, this is a very complicated article. I don't want to really read it and bore everybody. Um, the pace length for the mean mean average foot length is exactly five feet. Yeah, see that that was one of the things that I had uh, had a discussion a couple years ago, I guess, maybe longer than that, about uh, the the track length uh, of the 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 paddy uh, trackway, but uh, not just that one uh, on any of them, but on that one you could see the video. Uh, of course, you know we already talked about this. You know, if the video was fake, then so could the trackway be. But you know, but. Factually, if that was the the actual the length of step in there, uh, uh, if it's really long and it's a human, their head's going to be bobbing up and down because they're trying to stretch out and 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 well, you know, if they can make that distance, they're trying to reach that distance. But with Patty's head, it was pretty pretty smooth all the way across as she did her walk. And, and uh, welcome to uh, Jimmy Blanton. Jimmy, good to see you, brother. Welcome Jimmy. aboard. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, so you're not feeling that great. So we hope you're feeling better. Uh, one other note, side note too. Uh, every once in a while, remember we used to see Mike Shaw in the, in the chat. Remember yeah. Mike? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately three days, uh, four days ago, he passed away. Oh man. I hate to hear that. Yeah. So yeah, it was very unfortunate. We'd see Mike Shaw in the, in the chat room. I just yeah. found out he passed away. So I sent condolences out Yeah. Uh, this morning. So, uh, Mike was from Ohio. And uh, very so uh, speed. Um, uh, the world uh, the world record walking speed is about eleven miles an hour. That's a, uh, a world record. Um, he estimates that the average pace length of a Sasquatch from the statistics, mind you, and this is all from statistics. Um, right. Looking at, at you know uh, stride and uh, you know cadence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, he, uh, they, he states that they walk about six miles per hour, which is a pretty, right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, and, and me, I probably can do 
you know, three and a half miles an hour, four miles an hour. Yeah. So that, you know, it's a couple of miles an hour fat at, at a walk. Right. Um, but they estimate that the, uh, the um, running speed, uh, the top burst speed for a Sasquatch would be about 27 miles per hour based on extrapolating human gates and Sasquatch gates and stuff like that. Right. It's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, uh, explore, extrapolation from the step lengths and the running cadence. So when it's uh, the burst sp speed is 27 miles an hour. However, the running speed suggests a top speed of maybe 35 to 40 miles an hour, which is right. fine, uh, kind of interesting. The speed of a galloping horse. Yeah. So, um, and that, that reminds me of the, the, um, the movie exists. I don't know if you've seen exists. Oh yeah. Where the guy's on the bike and the Sasquatch is like running alongside of him. Yeah. 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 It was pretty, that was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe I have seen one example of a creature running in Kentucky and it fast, faster yeah. than you would think. Yeah. Like, uh, you're looking at it and you're thinking there's no way, you know, this yeah. can't be. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that would that would make sense because uh, OT even said uh, a silverback has a burst speed of twenty four miles an hour. So from mm -hmm. from Henner's study, it was twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan says, uh, "Note to self: He ain't outrunning one." That is definitely true. <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. why. <clears throat> and Mick, well, welcome, Mick. <laughs> Mick, good to see you. Um, he estimates that the, the, the weights from the, uh, um, well, the, the, the wet, the weights really aren't, uh, I'm not going to get into too much of the, the, um, the weight stuff, um, uh, foot height and, uh, to weight. And here's where again, it's interesting. Uh, a 12 inch print. Uh, the height would normally kick off about seven foot and weigh about 490 pounds. For a 14 inch track, it would be seven foot six, weighing 580 pounds. 15 and a half or 15.6, the average size track in the, in the study, wow. would mean the average Sasquatch stood for about seven foot 10, yeah. had a 65 inch chest um, circumference, and weighed about 660 pounds. And then he actually goes up to a 24-inch print where he says it would be 9 foot 5 and weigh about a ton. Or I'm sorry, not a ton. Excuse me, 1,040 pounds. So half a ton. Yeah. So that's some very... And this is all done off of statistical data, which, you know, that was his science, you know. Um, right. So uh, what he talks about, the weight of an animal can be used to predict its basal metabolic rate, meaning minimal daily cal caloric requirement by mathematical relationship, something called Kleber's Law. Um, that is an extremely tight one. Application of this rule suggests 5,000 calories for the average Sasquatch as defined by the statistics. With exercise and inclement weather, this value can double or triple. Hence, a diet that is minimal omnivorous, if not slanted toward carnivory, is required to fulfill that demand. So what he's saying is that it would have to be an omnivore or a carnivore. Right, right. That makes sense because of its size. Yeah. Takes a lot of calories to move a big body like that. Yeah. Um, 
So then we have, and, and here we get into uh, prey food, food values. Um, yeah, I, and he says here, I will provide some comparison data. Internal organs would yield 12,000 to 35,000 calories for white-tailed deer, 20,000 to 50,000 for mule deer, and 60,000 to 90,000 for elk. These values would dramatically, uh, would rise dramatically about 3,500 calories a pound with the inclusion of fat stores around the body cavity. Reports exist for all of these species being preyed upon by a Sasquatch. Interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> and mind you, this is, he's going back to reports from the 50s um, to uh, likely uh, the time this report came out. Yeah. Um, That's good stuff. It is. Um, So here's about something about their initial, their initial selectivity for soft internal organs, which they do. If Mm. I, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of, uh, there have been numbers of of Sasquatch, alleged Sasquatch deer kills where the, um, Hey chief, how are you brother? Um, um, he, uh, Tom is the, uh, the chief of, uh, uh, a, a police department in Kentucky. <laughs> Welcome. <coughs> um, so it, it is. They, it seems to be a lot of deer kill with the, the, a lot of the internal, especially the liver missing. Right, right. So, right. So, and that would make sense because if you think about it, a deer liver uh, would probably be it's needed. Uh, oops. What is going on here? <laughs> a lot of calories. In liver. Well, that would be, you know, if you think about it, if they have to have 5,000 calories a day, a deer liver would probably be about 5,000 calories. Probably, yeah. So, I mean, At least. Uh, B says that if, uh, if Bigfoot eat meat, I think a lot of animals would be depleted. Well, number one, we're looking at a species that's not highly populated. We know that. I mean... We, yeah. we, how, how many sightings a year do we have of them versus a deer or a bear? Mind you, there are, you know, 50,000 bear in New York. Yeah. And there's over 2 million deer in New York. That's the, the census they've taken uh, at least yeah. a few years ago. So amongst all those hunters that we have shooting deer and bagging deer, there seems to be a fine population of deer. So I don't think that, you know, a Sasquatch or, or you know, so let's say there's, 20 Sasquatch in a wood. I don't think they would deplete as many deer as, you know, if you have 20 Sasquatches in, in a particular area, there's probably going to be about a hundred hunters. I mean, this is just off the top. Well, in, in this area in Kentucky, uh, there's so many deer. It, honestly, you don't really want to drive anywhere at night because uh, there, you see them all the time hit by the side of the road. Uh, people hit a deer like every night here. Uh, I, I can drive, uh, get out on the main road and, and, and head to Glasgow, which, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 miles. And I'll see a deer like every day, a fresh kill. Hang on a second, Chris. Yeah, man. And, you know, each, sometimes I'll joke with my wife about, oh, that's a fresh kill. We should stop and get the tenderloin, you know. <laughs> Eat some roadkill, man. But uh, I never do. But, you know, 
the the guy with the that shovels the lime on them and drags them off the off the, to the side of the road, he stays busy every day yeah. here. Um, so I, I think yeah. we got plenty of deer. Yeah, and they're, and they're they're you know playing. I don't believe that a Sasquatch would necessarily prey on a deer on a bear, um, just because they are. Um, oh yeah, no, no, no. I wouldn't. I don't think they'd go after a bear. <clears throat> so uh, OT's asking, is Steve sick, guys? Maybe that's because I got no. I, I I said take over for a second. I had a dog bust in the door. So oh. <laughs> He's wrestling the the hounds back there. Well, the big one didn't. The little one did. And he yeah. he's the guy that that causes more trouble. The big one would just come over, look, and lay down. The other the big, little one would come yeah. over and start asking me for a cookie halfway through the show, which yeah. he does. Um, so I've got a couple of uh, questions. Uh, uh, well, one comment from Mick said actually stride length, uh, foot size, and gait are extremely interesting. Most people yeah. don't give it a second thought. But it's immensely important to differentiating a hoax from the real thing. Absolutely, very true. Yeah, um, very true. <clears throat> when you when you look at a, at a stride length and you see it's not quite right, it's it's you know, uh, one great example is in the uh, uh, the Adirondack Jack video I did on the channel. Uh, I talk about you know I have pictures of tracks. In fact, you see a clip of that on the intro of me looking at these tracks and what those are actually bare over steps. And you could tell the stride was only a couple of feet. You know, it was not anything, yeah. anything big. Jay Bachochin in the house. Welcome, Jay. And Ron Bowles in the house. Ron. So, and Tom Dixon asked if any reports on the condition of recovered animal carcasses. Yes. A lot of them will find, you know, a, a, a broken neck, broken leg, whatever. Um, some non-predatory uh, type of like a cat kill or a dog kill. Um killing with it apparently having the gut ripped open and the deer liver removed from the carcass. So they look in it and the deer is gone when uh, the hunters gave it a, you know, an amateur necropsy. Uh, for those who don't know when necropsy is basically an autopsy on an animal. So um, yeah. that's the, the actual proper term. Um, so, you know, I'm surprised there aren't more road sightings, highway, highway sightings here in Kentucky of these creatures on the side of the road because basically all one would have to do and all anybody would have to do if you wanted to go live in the woods is just come out at night and pick up the deer that just got hit by the car and drag yeah. it back to the woods with you and you never have to kill anything man i mean those, those cars are out there doing it for you every day well, oh. well how many uh oh now you got a dog issue yep. <laughs> no um but then again we, we have that that whole you know, how many, how many reports did we get where, Hey, something, you know, came into my, my, my deer locker and took all my deer out something, you know, I shot a deer and I saw it drop and I got down to it was gone and it wasn't dragged off. It's like something had picked it up and walked away. We've gotten a lot of those reports over the years. Uh, yeah. even the Falk, Arkansas, where the guy's prized hog was, was disappeared out of the pen. So he felt right. something and lifted it up over the, yeah the top there was no way it could got it could have gotten out and it did not apparently be dragged off and it was a thousand pound hog so right. you know uh, and you know i don't i don't know that they're meat eaters i don't know that they eat deer or turkey but i know if they don't it's an extremely waste of a good resource they would think yeah. you know common sense you would my, think my, that my, they do it yeah well you know even from the study they would have to to get the calorie content um you yeah. know black bears 
even brown bears, they're omnivorous. They're not strictly carnivorous. Right. Right. Um, because, you know, they, you know, especially black bears, they will chew and chew and chew and chew and, uh, on different. Polar bears are carnivorous. <laughs> they're meat eaters flat out. They don't have yeah. much, much uh, terrain to eat. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if grizzlies chew on, chew on brown. I don't know as much about grizzly, grizzly, uh, behave uh not necessarily behavior but their eating habits as i do the black bear because i you know obviously i deal with the uh <laughs> so um i mean yeah because i hear the car coming yell car car <laughs> the waving yeah. grizzly yeah. the waving grizzly uh, um, maybe I'll post. Maybe I'll, I'll put that up uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, the woman with that that filmed the bear. Hello, and the bear he sits up and waves at him. <laughs> um, but but did you know it's really interesting? Um, uh, I had an opportunity to actually throw some food to black bears. Um, and it's kind of funny because as you're throwing them the food, uh, they would sit there and go like this when they're done. They want you to throw them food, and that was their signal. Ah. Uh. And I noticed that the bears on these YouTube videos are doing the same thing, <laughs> which is really weird. That bears are incredibly smart. <laughs> Some yeah. of them, black bears, they can be pretty dumb, but uh, <laughs> so. Uh, but it could be a learned behavior there that's being passed down. You know, yeah. look if you see a human go like this, and they might throw you some food. You know. Yeah, it's just. I don't know how they picked that up, but it seems to be like a universal thing because the bears I was watching were were actually gri a grizzly bear bear mm. doing that, and I was feeding black bears. So, you know, they <laughs> they both do it. I was like, what the heck? Now a polar bear, on the other hand, which is a totally different um, 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 yeah. type of bear mentality, because uh, polar bears are the only bear that will hunt man yeah off the shoot they will automatically see man and go okay i want to eat that uh that, whereas, that, uh, that's the deal yeah 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 if you're out in the woods and you see a black bear you boo hey bear hey bear you know and then the bear will walk away if you just see a grizzly hey bear hey bear you know they're the gonna grizzly, come get you yeah well they should walk away you know they don't know yeah. but if you're up there you know at, at near the arctic circle and you say you see a polar bear and you say hey bear hey bear here he comes, man. Lunch, lunch. You know, you're, you're dead. That's it. OT uh, says that grizzlies tend to funnel prey into obstacles. I've seen this like when they hunt or elk or something. And they do not. They're, no, they're not. No. Mm. Black bears can be incredibly dumb. Like, what the hell am I doing here? Because black bears are like, they're like the dogs of the forest. They're, they're like, <coughs> they're not very brave. <laughs> not at all. Uh, well, not at all. Um, they're not. Black bears are not. You would be surprised. I've seen. Uh, in fact, there's videos of a little dog coming out barking or a cat even barking, you know, going after a black bear and the black bear's like, I'm out of here and they're gone. So, <coughs> but the, uh, uh hey, uh, Ron put up a question about Kentucky up there, uh, at the top or uh, 837 there. Isn't there a squatch that has a nickname Howdy in Kentucky? I think it's called a Heidi. Uh, right. It depends on where you're from, and some people may pronounce it different ways. Oh, I know what it is. The hidey behind. The hidey behind. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because, and the reason why they got that nickname was because you ever walking in the woods and you hear something behind you. Right. And you stop and it stops. 
And that's how they got yep. the term the Heidi behind. That's a Heidi behind. Yeah. Yeah, hide uh, behind you. Yep. And some people might say howdy behind, you know, so that's very, very possible. Some, in some areas, it could be referred to as a howdy. Makes yep. sense. Okay. Anyway, back. What were you yeah. talking about? Steve? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. And uh, OT says, "Yeah, there's a famous picture of a cat treeing a black bear. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they're not, they're not brave. Uh, you know, they can fight out of fear, and that's what a lot of it is. And that's what people don't understand is that, you know, if you if you shake them off, but when they're coming at you, um, you can go, you know, boom, 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 but spray them, <laughs> spray them, no leave. Black bears do not like bear spray at all. <laughs> well." You know, I'm not really familiar. I haven't really uh, uh, had seen a lot of black bears in this area because they, they've been extant for a while. Uh, they, they used to be a lot of black bears right here in this area, and then people killed them out. So you can get over in eastern Kentucky. They're really thick over in there, eastern Kentucky, West Virginia, a lot, and, you know, so, uh, southeastern Kentucky. But in central Kentucky, not so much anymore. They're coming back, but. Uh, the one that I did have an experience with was in New Mexico and he's like walked out of a bush and he like, you know, looked at me like he was shocked. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, and I was the same way. I was like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know that that, 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 that smart either because surely he would have been able to smell me or something and then go the other way before he let, letting me know that he was there. I would think. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, a lot of times they're just like, yeah, and boom. Uh, I'm lucky. I, I, I'm blessed. I, I, you know, my researcher is. I haven't seen a bear. I got to knock wood because uh, Washington County, which is where Whitehall is and and Fort Hand is, and all those wonderful places, I uh, just had a little bit of a bear warning, a black bear warning. And you know, but like I said, the the way we walk is is loud and proud, and that that'll keep yeah. the bad animals away. Yet yeah. it will because Sasquatch is a primate. Will will stir up their their uh, curiosity. If you start going on the prowl like you're going to hunt them, then they will become very very defensive and very very right. sneaky themselves. So your 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 chances are better if you're loud um, of running into a Sasquatch and less of a bear or a fox or a coyote or or wolves or any uh, or cats even the, the big cats are out of here too um so uh, brain size let's talk about brain size uh scaling of body weight to brain size in primates has been pursued by numerous authors application of these formulas leads to a predicted brain volume of about 770 cc compared to that of a mountain gorilla of 530 cc with a range of 420 to 685 cc. In the absence of any reports of cultural traits or fire use, very minimal and primitive tool use, and inferred low social sociality of the Sasquatch, we are reduced to conjectures regarding their need to remember their large home range. So, yeah. so yeah, very well, you know, and true, you know, the nutrition goes with brain size too, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, this is a scientist studying the reports and yeah. uh, and coming up with with uh, a very you know good piece of of information is this uh, this right. is a lot of this is predictability, but it's based on right. statistical information. Right. Well, you know, based on what we do know about the the Sasquatch, you know, they would be an om- omnivore, 
And the reason for that is because they do have a well-developed brain. They're smart. They're uh, even, you know, you could even say they're a reasoning uh, creature. Uh, I don't right. really want to know. I don't really like calling them animals, but. Uh, okay. So there was something in the chat room. Somebody asked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did too. It's 1260 CC, actually. Um, that is correct. So their, their brains would probably be like 60% the size of ours. So that makes sense. Then that would be based on on scaling, which is all statistical information. Uh, strength. It is often reported uh, prodigious upper body strength of the Sasquatch can be profitably viewed in the light of human weightlifters in whom lifting ability, ri ability rises as the two-third power of their weight. If one uses the pertinent formula for maximum human weightlifting, ability extrapolated to the weight of the average Sasquatch, it yields a minimum of 1,300 pounds. So the build of a Sasquatch in parallel with that of the great apes or any hominins uh, yeah. indicates muscle insertions more distal to the joints with an intended rise in the mechanical lever arm. This factor, together with presumptive larger muscle cross-sections, suggests that its real cap capability is apt to be much greater than that of man. Their reported ability to pick up, carry, throw, and throw 50-gallon drums of diesel fuel, 450 pounds, tip over a commercial trailer, or throw a basketball-sized rocks in a high arc to discourage intruders seems not unreasonable in this light. Right. So, that makes perfect sense. You know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Everyone keep oh, in mind no. <laughs> that if you come across a Sasquatch corpse doubled over in the fetal position, you'll probably find my ex-meatloaf <laughs> meatloaves in the intestinal tract. <laughs> oh, oh make this terrible. So planter pressure. <clears throat> uh, if one refers to the preceding table of calculated weights, one can extrapolate planter pressure of, of for feet in different sized individuals. It's been pointed out that compressive strength of cartilage has certain inherent limits uh, that can only be exceeded at the risk of health and joint integrity of the animal in question. Right. That makes sense if you think about it. Additionally, compression of the sole beyond the limits of tissue pressure would collapse capsularies, uh, capsularies, capillaries, and eventually lead to tissue breakdown. Since any animal is likely to be optimal adapted to its weight, support and gait configuration, even the Sasquatch would adhere to such general rules of body design. Yeah. So the planter uh, comparison, uh, the, the planter pressure comparison um, uh, says that, that the um, calculated soil pressure varies from six pounds um, an inch to 12 pounds uh, an inch. Right. So, um, and that you know that they get into the foot design, and uh, a lot of the ways their feet are designed are, are made you know to carry a heavy frame. And um, there's even uh, there's a couple of guys over in uh, uh, Edmonton, Kentucky that I don't know if they're still researching now, but uh, they were finding tracks, and a lot of times the toe imprint was so fine, which means there was not a lot of weight pressed onto the toes that they were referring to those as moccasin tracks. Mm -hmm. Now they didn't mean, you know, they weren't, weren't inferring that these they're people wearing, yeah. were wearing shoes, you know, 
But no, they had like a front pad and a back pad of their foot. And when they would press down, their toes weren't pressing down and wouldn't, didn't have a lot of pressure on them. And when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because when you have toe bones are really usually very small. If you had 1,200, 1,400 pound creature and it pressed down forward on those and then with all its might pushed forward, uh, there'd be a lot of broken toes, yep. you know? Yep. Uh, let me just Okay, yeah. Uh, as Ron made a comment, the chimpanzees have the IQ of a five-year-old child. We had a mountain gorilla that had the sign language of a 10, 12-year-old child. You imagine intelligence of a primate with the brain size of twice that size. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> the, gorilla, <laughs> the gorilla's brain size uh, is, uh, again, the, the, the brain capacity of a Sasquatch, at least what he believes compared to a gorilla, is at least a couple hundred or 250 cc's more than that of a gorilla. So, yes, I would be more intelligent than a gorilla. Um, I don't know the brain size of a chimpanzee. Somebody wants to Google that one. Uh, Google, so I'll just do that real quick. Well, yeah, but it's really uh, with a brain size, I mean, you can't really depend on something that has a bigger brain. It's automatically going to be smarter, you know. They have to. It is actually. It does. Uh, well, uh, well, actually, the the human size of a chimpanzee is uh, uh, looks like three hundred eighty four. Well, that's in grams. So uh, the other one came up really nice in in cc's. I don't know why. Uh, compared to uh, like the difference between us and a chimpanzee. Uh, is about a thousand more grams in in weight. So, um, who knows? That's very very true. <laughs> and hello from Moscow, from Moscow, Russia. Hello, hello, welcome. That German or German? That's or German. Well, welcome, Mister Kurtov. We welcome. Welcome, you. welcome. Well, Glad to have you. So, um, so yeah, so that was, uh, that was, uh, Dr. Farrenbach's impression of that. Where are we here, uh, in this list growth and life cycles. Uh, he estimated that the, uh, since all of the data presented here are gender neutral, it is next to impossible to extract values for presumptive sexual dimorphism. Beyond that, we have no idea the age of any animal that has been cited beyond comparing a juvenile one to the age of a corresponding children here i have endeavored to apply what minimal data we have to estimate age and growth curve in this case of the female of the species i should emphasize that the curve is predicted on the growth of the feet rather than the general somatic dimensions which would follow a different curve so mm. um yeah. A whale has a larger brain than us, Steve. Somehow, I don't think they would do well in algebra. You'd be surprised. <laughs> they may, you know, but, uh, you know, they're, you know, dolphins are incredibly smart, too. Um, well, you know, I mean, it, if you just look at humans, okay, you can have a great big guy, you know, six or seven feet tall, and he may have a big head on his shoulders. But, you know, he thinks having a good time is hitting a tree with a stick. And then you have people like Stephen Hawking. You know, which is he was a very small man. Of course, you know, he was sick. Okay, but right. uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true that usually a larger brain will 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 will, will make more intelligence, you know, but not uh, in the each individual. You can't say that. Well, whales but, are whales are incredibly smart too, though. Um, do you remember the story of them finding the dead great white shark? And they were trying to figure out what killed this great white shark. It, it had been torn right. apart and eaten. It turned yeah. out it was killer whales that did it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know how they were getting them? You know how they were killing them? Mm -mm. One would swim in front to attract the shark oh. to get him to swim. And a second one would come up and boom, ram them right yeah. in the side, crushing their, their ribs. Right crushing their internal organs and that's they were, how they would kill them. And then they would go after them. They were after using them. hunting behaviors, hunting behaviors. Right. That, yeah. Very, very Pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, some of this stuff is very interesting. How, uh, I'm not going to talk infancy, adulthood group, uh, footprints, uh, nocturnality. The nocturnality of Sasquatch has been questioned on occasion. This rate can be considered from a statistical standpoint. Uh, take a hypothetical area, blah, 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 blah. Um, an actual ratio cited by Green consists of 735 daytime sightings, 58%, and 540 during the night, or 42%, or the ratio yeah. of 1.38 to 1. If, the, if only sighting on roads are considered, the ratio shifts to 58% in favor of night sightings. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So what they're saying is when they're out and about going on the roads, it's used 58% of the time is at night. Yeah. That makes sense too. <laughs> and that, that too, Godzilla is very true. No matter which right. size your brain is, you can still be dumber than a pile of rocks. Yep. Yes. That is very, very true. Um, you know, I'm sure the same thing would apply. The same rule as humans have a, it would apply to sasquatches you might have some squatches which are really gifted and you know really you know cre creative thinkers and stuff and then you're going to have the other squatches that you know you know banging the rock on the tree you know well you know if i go to some anecdotal stuff um i remember years ago our good friend jc johnson yeah and he was talking about a a group of sightings uh, they were having in the cornfields in Lower Fruitland um, on the Navajo reservation. It's called Lower Fruitland. Right. Um, and they were seeing the, these boogers come in once in a while and eating corn and eating right. corn. But there was one that he said looked like it had some kind of mental deficiency. It walked. Now, he didn't see it, but it's being reported by multiple people on the reservation. Right. Um that that uh, one in particular kind of had like that when they would see its face it was kind of like drooped or you know kind of malformed a like little bit twisted a little bit yeah twisted a little bit and it walked a little funnier than the rest of them and it was slower than the rest of them um and it was very slow to react to things so um and but then all of a sudden they stopped seeing it <laughs> so it may have died off wow. um so I, I don't know. Um, there's another uh, there's another interesting uh, thing about foot uh, feet before I get off the feet topic, too. I know we moved mm -hmm. on to the brain uh, was about uh, the sole of the foot of a Sasquatch is probably several inches thick. Um, and that's very true. I, I mean, I, I I I knew somebody that walked barefoot quite a bunch of the time and their their foot was like 
hard as a rock. Mm. And uh, the, you could see the, the, the callousing of the foot and the sole had padded itself up to be right. quite thick. So if you walk without shoes from an early age, your feet get used to it after a while. Yeah. Um, so, and, and Ron, that, that's very true. Could be inbred. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, well. very true. Yeah. So, um, but that's interesting because if you think about it, that the roadside sightings occur uh, in at nighttime occur 58% of the time versus uh, 42%, you know, during the daylight hours. So, uh, that that's very uh, very interesting, and even even those I would I would subscribe. You know, you know I always have a term I call it Squatch Thirty, and it's when dusk begins. So it's mm -hmm. not quite night yet. It's not really day either. Yeah. And how many times have there been sightings? Men too. I, I, right. I bet you that would raise. You know that would be the time when your nocturnal animals start to rustle. So I, I bet you that would yeah. even raise the sightings. You know another couple of percent over that. Right. So, you know. And, you know, if you had more people uh, out in the woods at night, you'd probably have more sightings, too. I agree. Because that's when they're more active. But uh, your average person doesn't feel like going for a hike at midnight. And I, I, well, I don't either. You know, I don't well, the, there. well, the other thing, too, is is that it's not unusual to be loved by No, no, that's wrong. That's time <laughs> Um <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I just had to drop that there. Not unusual. <laughs> Um, OT asked uh, real quick. Well, uh, did I go on my expedition? By the way, no, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, so we'll be departing here with the crew tomorrow at some point in the early in the, in the mid, just before noon time. And off we go to the woods. So uh, for a couple of nights of fun and frolicking. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it's it's not unusual to see a Sasquatch in the woods during the day, but it's not unusual to see a to see a nocturnal animal in its habitat. I, I'll never forget porcupines are nocturnal animals, and yeah. here it is, eleven o'clock in the morning, and there's one tootling along in Vermont. Yeah. I don't know how many how many daytime sightings I've seen of porcupines. They're not they're they're nocturnal animals. There's been daytime sightings of raccoons. There's, you know, I, I know about dusk where it's not quite nighttime. I've seen foxes and foxes are nocturnal. So, uh, and, and, you know, it happens. And, and truthfully, <coughs> a deer has a tapetum, uh, lucidum, and uh, hunters go hunting in the daytime and see them in the woods during the day. So their yeah. eyes would indicate that they're a nocturnal because they have a tapetum. So. Yeah. But, you know, you don't shoot one at night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, guys, has two sightings at night and one about 5.45 a.m. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I truly believe they are nocturnal. And 5.45 a.m. is about the time they're, they're tucking in for the night. Yeah. Okay, time to go back to where we, we, we go. And this is the information that I have, you know, 20 years I've been hitting the same area where there is some activity. And, you know, I've had years where there was no activity, years where there was some activity, light. And years there was, a light. like I said, 2010 through 2013, those three years were like the heaviest activity areas uh, of time that I've had ever up there uh, where I was. And you can tell when the, when the shenanigans start, it's right at dusk. It's still light out, but you can start, things start to happen. Um, and, and likewise, Usually, usually about three or four o'clock in the morning, at least in our area, everything gets really quiet and it's done. It's over with. 
I'm curious, Steve, are there any uh, networks of caves in that area in the Adirondacks? Uh, not in the area that I'm talking about. Hmm. And like I said, I don't think a Sasquatch would be smart enough to go into a cave without that did only had one opening or not. Right, right. You would think that if they did, because let's face it, gorillas are not cave dwellers. No. Neither are chimpanzees. And let's remind people that that they're very close to and they're on the hominid hominidae chart. So we, we did that last week. So when we talk about great apes, we're also talking about us as well. Right. Uh, you know, the only folks that, you know, on that, on those scales, really, there are some, there are some species of monkeys that live in caves, I believe, but I don't think there's too many prime, uh, great apes that live in, in, in caves. Um, think about it. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. It just well, to me the the, the fourth floor and, and given their body structure, yeah. they're not prone to like sleeping in rocky, damp, you know, areas. And um, yeah. yes, it may have that cover, but you go into a cave, it, it gets a lot cooler. Um, so it's not uh, necessarily more environmentally friendly. When us as humans were in a cave, or you know, our ancestors were in caves. Yeah, uh, we built fire. That fire right. warms the cave. Yeah. So a big difference. Well, there, the thing, though, you know, if you if you got a, a a hairy body and it's 100 degrees outside, that cave's still pretty good in the summertime, you know. It oh, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think they would, you know, one would think, and it only makes sense, uh, it only makes sense, you know, it's kind of like the burying, the, the oh, they bury their bodies. Well, if they buried their bodies, like especially in upstate New York or wherever they've been here or places in the Pacific Northwest, hmm. um, which have turned into suburbs and cities of other place, don't you think we would be finding some of their bones? Well, I don't Where know. I we mean, would, you know, we would because because what happens is, is burying removes predation on the remains. So without the predation on the remains, we would be digging them up like we do the, the Aboriginal right. Native Americans, yeah. Homo erectus, Homo heidelbergensis. All of them buried their dead, and we find them. Well, here's so. the thing. You know, it's not really uh, that far-fetched to, to go out in the woods and not find bones uh, of uh, a man. But we do know that there were Native Americans here before us. Yep. There were early settlers, you know, wherever they buried. And I'm sure they buried their dead. And, um, you know, we're, we're not finding those bones either. Yep. So it's not well, really well, out well, of the question well, that we, we wouldn't are. find that much bones. I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, living in upstate New York, uh, they're finding colonial bodies all the time that they have to stop and call in the historians and they have to check it. I'm I, I, I more hands than I can count. So I, well, I do I do see that happening, including Native American sites here in New York. It depends yeah. how they're documented. If the areas, like the areas where there's tribes and that are still in existence, right, which are are the Midwest and the, and and the Northwest and the Dakotas and stuff like that, the tribes are still in existence. They know where their burial mounds are, so they avoid yeah. digging around them. But right. we have a lot of of Native American tribes that have gone extinct, basically, or disappeared from the earth where we don't know where their burying grounds were. Right. And then, oops, we, we come across them. So that's why there may be a little bit of differential. I know in Kentucky there was Cherokee, uh, Cherokee I believe. Yeah. Um, 
So well, we I, had all kinds of uh, Native uh, Americans here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I think that's th th and that. Sometimes those are those bones are found in caves here, and you know the yeah. mummified bodies are found yeah. have been found in caves. Right, exactly, exactly, and and like I say, you know, in, in caves, uh, who knows? They might have protected them. Um, they may have visited them, uh, but you know, the only time you find bones in caves is usually of animals that have been preyed upon. That usually a cat or a bear or you know right. some other, you know, or a canid had taken you know right then into the cave to to eat in peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, caves. If they were in caves some hunter somewhere would have come along and cornered some again they may inhabit caves if they have more than one opening well see that's the thing i think that they would uh like use them for like a motel six if they're passing through the area and the weather's rough they see a cave okay let's go in there you know yeah but not like okay let's go in there and live there for the rest of our lives no <laughs> i don't think they're going yeah. to do that because they're they seem to be nomadic if anything, uh, I don't think so, they'll stay in one particular area for a, a, a length of time. So, uh, Ron Bowles wants to get in. We don't have a call-in line, Ron. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to skeeter over to Facebook real quick. And I'm going to send you the show link. How about that? Uh, so, just give me one quick second. Actually, oh, I cool. Can, yeah, we'll get Ron to come on because, um, check uh, out the beast uh, uh, of Brushy Creek. Oh, that's interesting. Obstruct. Okay, so the invitation—that's how quick we got that done. He's already got the invitation yeah. on the way, and that's what I love about uh, this format. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And B says, uh, "Hey, to, oh, we'll get him here." Uh, well, Timothy says, hey, uh, for me, Bigfoot doesn't, you know, well, they do and they don't. Um, and, and the reason why, um, um, no, actually, well, let me answer, let me go in order here. So, number one, the um, they do give a thing about weather, um, not necessarily rain or whatever, if they lose their food source, for example, if they're feeding on, say, something that is um, seasonal, yeah, um, when the, when the weather hits that causes that animal to move on, they're going to move on. Uh, it's very well known that primates do not migrate unless there is a either a very extreme weather problem or a food source issue. So I think they do move. And what I see is, and you're right, I don't think they care about weather, summer, spring, you know. But what it is, is that in New York, the forest, the area that I work in, the reason why we have, you know, spring, summer, the end of fall, and a little bit of the beginning of winter, almost to winter, is because of the the the, the coverage of the, the foliage, you know, you know, versus the, the pine forest. And over and on the New York side, we have pine forest. Uh, you know, pine, birch, and oak, they all drop their leaves. There's no cover. So they're pretty naked and exposed. So it seems like in December, everything kind of peters out, you know, on, you know, on the New York side and things start to pick up on the Vermont side, which you have all the fir trees from the Green Mountain State Forest. Now, there are parts of the Adirondacks that do have 
a lots of pine forests and in, in, in most of New York, most of the Adirondacks, I believe, is pine. Uh, but there are parts on the outskirts that are very much, you know, um, especially around the Lake George, Lake Champlain area on the eastern side. There are, are a lot of of um, of that. So the next. Uh, um, wouldn't you have a lot of small critters feeding on bones if, if Sasquatch buried their dead? No, um, because the critters, uh, you would have more of them feeding on the bones if you didn't, uh, because there they are. They're just out there. Okay, boom, boom, boom. You know, predation by, by you got to think about the animals that eat bone. Bears, raccoon, fox, hogs, possums, you know, they all go after bones. They chew the bones for the calcium. They chew their bones like, like a dog chews the bones. Um, so, uh, oh. so oh, there he is. There Sorry. he is, Mr. Ron. Hello. Welcome, Ron. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Sorry, I'm a little technically slow. Sort of like that inbred spot you've read that was being <laughs> Yeah, you very well could have been inbred. Yep, I agree. Well, I am from Arkansas. Anyway. <laughs> well, we, we have a county in New York, Schoharie County. Trio, the trees, family trees out there only have one branch. But uh, anyway. They're like a coconut. <laughs> hey, um, there was a couple of things that I, I mean, I was like, I want to say something, but damn, my fingers were getting tired. <laughs> uh, you were uh, uh, about the cave thing. I, I know where you're going with that. I've heard this theory time and time again, how they believe the Squatches, um, you know, have a, a subterranean highway, if you will, uh, throughout the Fruited Plain. And, and to me, that's a little reaching for it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I agree, because look at their hands. Exactly. You know, they, their hands are not made for digging. Our hands are not made for digging. Not not deep or deep and and rock and stuff right. like that. But, uh, no, I, you know I don't subscribe to the idea that they have a their own interstate underground. No. no, but I do believe I do believe that some of them will actually use caves. They may for temporary, uh, or right. if they or right. if they have a second opening. It's funny because there was a a cave I looked at in the oh that's an interesting picture. <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting phone down. <laughs> I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> now, when Ron gets back, we'll get him back. Oh, there he's back. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say goodbye to my granddaughter. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, I think they, uh, like, for example, when I went down to the, the Farmington, New Mexico area, oh, a lot of desert. Beautiful area. Beautiful right? area. Well, we went out there, and of course, that's not too far from the Wichita Mountains or the Chuska Mountains, which. Both have been very well researched. I've actually done research on uh, on Lukachu guys, and the Caritos. Um, so what I think I think is happening is, is that you know here here we have this cave, and the funny thing is we pull in and it looked like there was a seven foot body impression that had laid down in the dirt or in the yeah. sand that left the impression. Of course, it's the desert a lot of it, but it's kind of, it's really weird because. You know, I, I was, I remember doing a little video. I don't have that video anymore, but I did a little video on desert survival and everywhere you went, there were desert carrots, 
you know, you see these little sprouts, I pull up and there'll be a little carrot on there. I just take my water bottle, wash it off, eat it was the sweetest carrot carrots I'd ever eaten. Um, you know, and there's also uh, onions out there too, sporadically. You would find onions. Well, anyway, here's this thing laying in, laying in there. And uh, there was a cave top of the hill. We go up into the cave and there's another opening on the other side of the cave. But this cave is huge. I mean, huge. Um, so you can easily get out the other way. So it's a kind of cave that I don't think is a dead end. I don't, I think that, you know, like the bone thing, if, if Sasquatch lived in caves, if that was their primary resonance, we would be finding them because they have once somebody gets to the mouth of that cave, there's nowhere for them to go. Well, uh, you know, around here in the Ozarks, they have the local legend of the blue man of the Ozarks. And one of the, and you know, one of the, the uh, news stories, I mean, this thing made news stories of, of the uh, rash of sightings and stuff. And one of the so uh, uh, stories were that they, uh, uh, that a bunch of the uh, locals out there in Howell and, and Douglas County decided to try to hunt down this one. And, um, and they finally um, tracked it down to a cave mm -hmm. and they went to, uh, and, and they went, uh, started to go inside the cave. And of course they found bones of, of uh, uh, sheep and, and uh, livestock and deer and what have you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and they think they actually found it and actually cornered it in the cave, hmm. except one problem: there was a back door. Right, exactly. And it and sure enough, the thing took off through the back door. Right. Uh, and uh, I mean, does that lead me to believe that you know they will take advantage of structures like that? But. I do not. I believe that you know, talking about their intelligence, they are intelligent enough to not get cornered. Right. And if you get yourself into a cave, I mean, it's hard enough for a, a human, for a regular human size, to get around in a cave. Can you imagine? You know, one the the size capacity of of a squatch. Right. Um, the um, other uh, the other issue you were, you were bringing up about the. Um, uh, uh, bringing up about you know how we we found we find a, a Native American uh, 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 skeletal remains yes on certain tribes yep exactly. because certain tribes didn't bury their dead yep certain tribes actually built up little uh, you know. Uh, uh, how you want to call them, uh, Edsels or, or, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, little bunk beds, if you will, out there. And, and that's how they, and they put the body on there, <coughs> and, and, you know, for it, of course, the birds and what have you to be scavenged and, right. and the body yep. to decay until it went to the four corners of the winds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it just really depends on the, um, you know the plain Indians. You'll be hard pressed to, uh, you know, you would be hard pressed to find skeletal remains right. Right. of the plain Indians because they didn't bury their dead. Yeah. It just depends. It just depended on the tribe. Now there there was another uh, thing floating around here about eating their dead. Now, yes, there are mm -hmm. some some primates that do, but they're very few, and it's a cultural thing. Like you won't see all because, you know, from what. 
all the, I, I talk about primate behavior, um, and hominins, of course, are primates, folks. So, yeah. Um, hey, humans do it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. Um, Guru. That's <laughs> but but it, it's very uh, but prime uh, primates With have beans. they get really they get really touchy about you know eating their own let alone eating they're more likely to eat their own than they are eating other primates. Actually, there's only way. one uh, there's only one primate far as you know chimpanzees and, and apes that are known for uh, eating you know other uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, their own and that's chimpan chimpanzees. Yeah, right. I mean, and those they don't chimpanzees are hateful. I mean, they're not cute. They're hateful. Yep. And they're and they're very well known for cannibalism. And uh obstruct peace says Native American places equal Sasquatch. I agree. I mean, if you think about it, Native Americans were everywhere in this this continent, you know, four hundred years ago. So um and and uh uh Timmy Boy, welcome and welcome obstruct as well. Welcome aboard. So um but yeah, uh, I, geez, uh, there's another thing too. Uh, uh, oh, there was a question uh, off the topic here. Uh, that wasn't uh, OT rights? Wasn't there in the sea here? Wasn't there in the siege of Hanobia where one was killed and the other Bigfoot dragged him off? I don't think so. I think that was they shot a deer and it dragged the deer off. Well, now the siege of Hanabi, they did. Um, it was uh, mentioned how one of them was shot. Okay. How the other squatches uh, help, uh, you know, carry him off. <laughs> okay, not not unusual. Um, you know, chimpanzees will do that too. Mm-hmm. That's been yeah. re- that, that's been reported in Kentucky too. One was shot, more came out and dragged it away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't know and what it, they did with it. I often wondered. I often wondered if, uh, and I mean, then this is far fetched, you know. Yeah shot in the dark but i often wonder if they don't stick their dead up in the trees yeah i think somebody would run across them at one point in time or the bones because i really think that they they may eat some but their bones are left behind and if that's the case then guess what happens all your critters come in and grab those bones skeletal remains huh does a porcupine eat skeletons not sure Porcupines, porcupines eat skeletons. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. They uh, all eat bones. They chew on bones. I know raccoons do and possums do. So, you know, being part of that, that particular uh, rodenta uh, uh, genus, I believe they probably would eat bone as well. Yeah. Well, right. well uh, that's how they get a lot of their costume in order to grow their quills. Right. Uh, well, and, uh, yep. and, and porcupines are very well known for about climbing up trees. Yeah. No, well, we're, we're, we're stuck with some interesting questions about these creatures. Because number one, you know, for me personally, I know they exist. I, I've seen them. I know they exist. So what are they doing with the bodies? Okay. And now, if they were burying them, uh, there's a good chance we could have found one by now. So yeah, we more, don't... Than, more than likely, because we found we right. a, a, everything else that we, that has been buried in the, the ground of North America. We have found. We found it. If you know, so. it, you know, it's not not likely to find right. one every day, but you know, surely one would have been found by now. So we don't really know what they do. But if they would have buried it, seemed like we would have found one by now. Right. If they hide them in caves, you know, we would have found one by now because everybody right. loves. To, I used to be the same way. Right. When I was a kid, man, if I found a new cave, I was in there. I loved it. But 
So, you know, we don't, we don't think they're burying them. We don't think they're hiding them in caves. So that really leaves some creepy alternatives here. Uh, well, I, know, I don't think it's creepy at all. Consider. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, the simplest explanation is, is like any other creature, they go to a remote place, they, they pass and mother nature takes care of it. I mean, you know, it, you know, you look at the body farm in Tennessee, they had that deer, they did the study on it was within two weeks. There was not a trace of it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know I've, I've been asked this question many a times on radio shows, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and local news, um, they said, "Why haven't we found a skeleton, uh, skeleton remain?" And, uh, and and the simple fact of the matter is, when's the last time a naturally deceased bear or a naturally deceased uh, 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 mountain lion has been found in the middle of the woods? You right. know, and there it is. Yep. Now. There, the population of a of a bear or a mountain lion or especially deer are uh, are probably ten times, if not twenty times, more than than the population of the North American great ape. Mm -hmm. So, in order to find a skeletal remain of a such a, a scarce population of primate in the woods left to its own design. Uh, being scavenged and and just you know let the force eat the body if you will right. then odds right. are you know you're not going to you are not going to find that skeletal remain yeah. i mean it's hard enough to find deer bears or mountain lion why do you think you're going to find something that's population is 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 10 times more scarce mm. yeah. that's a good point i mean everybody a lot of people come up with a lot of complicated explanations. And I think the simplest one is the simplest one is the most likely one. They just drop and mother nature takes it. It's as simple as that. No need to overcomplicate things. Um, you know, no. we, we, we want to have, you know, this, uh, the reason why we started burying our dead was, was twofold. It was one. So they stopped predation on bodies. You know, mm -hmm. it would bring in things that were unwanted. Uh, if you live in the forest, it, you're there. <laughs> you know, we did we did it because we didn't. You know, we may have lived in the forest, but we wanted the animals out, the bad animals out. The other thing is, we wanted to preserve the bodies. You know, well, and, uh, there's there's been several reports though. Of, you know, you want to sit there and walk out of your house? Oh, there goes Uncle Louie. <laughs> he died yeah. two years ago. <laughs> yeah, there's been several reports though, Steve, of people actually shooting a creature, and other ones taking the body. Entirely possible. Now, okay, let's look at it this way. Let's say most of those are lies, They're just made-up stories. Let's just per say, let's just call it like it is. You can't <coughs> verify it. What if one is true? One. One time, a creature was shot, and they dragged the body away. Now, I happen to believe there's a very credible episode that happened here in Kentucky with something similar to that happening. And that it was reported that the creatures had dragged it away. So they did not want to leave that body there. Yep. Uh, Timmy Boy just reported back that there are about 30 million deer in North America. <laughs> I don't think there's that many people in Rhode Island. I don't know. I think there's that many in Kentucky. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of deer around here. Yeah, Ar Arkansas, too. <laughs> oh. 
in, in Missouri, believe me. Mm. In rutting season, yeah, they're all in the middle of the road. Trust me. Yeah. So yeah. Pat says, I think there's virtually zero chance we would have found properly buried Bigfoot. Too much randomness in remote areas. But that's how the, the world is now. I mean, look where I live. You know, 200 years ago, this place was remote. This was nothing but forest. This was remote. So the body still would have been there. Uh, the bones still would have been buried. Um, you know, Albany was settled in the 1600s. But yet they're still finding bones from 1700s even. Yeah. Um, you know, the remoteness is a frame of reference right now. You know, it's hard to believe, but, you know, 300 years ago, there were no cities. This place was nothing but forest. So we, we got to kind of think in context. We think of context as remoteness as for what it is today. But I'm talking about why didn't we dig the bones up 100 years ago, 200 years ago, where, hey, science actually would have made a big deal about it and not try to poo-poo it. Right. You know? Uh, somebody asked about the giant skeletons in Minnesota. I have no idea, but I know they've been tested and they're not uh, anything abnormal other than their size. Yeah, yeah. There, there, and there's some uh, giant, uh, there, there's been some giant skeletal remains in uh, Arkansas. And you Oklahoma. Know, uh, just like uh, Andre the Giant. Yep. Uh, whatever they call it, you know, when. Uh, Gigantism. Yep. Gigantism. That is an inherited trait. Yep. I mean, Andre Giant, uh, Andre the Giant's grandfather was a giant too. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that a good share of um, of Andre the Giant's family was buried in one plot in France. Yep. And let's say that a thousand years from now, anthropologists come along this this grave site and go, "My God, look at all these large people that used to live there." Yeah. Right. You know. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard saying on that issue. Now, uh, you were also talking about what what the love. <laughs> okay, time for the laugh. Of course, provided by Mick. My ex my ex's mother is proof positive that we're primates. She's got more hair on her back than George the Animal Steel, and she always looked at me like like I was the serving of prime rib. Oh no. Did she have a green tongue? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Mick, <coughs> Mick, Mick, that's terrible, man. You remind me of those old yo mama jokes. Yo mama so hairy, Bigfoot takes pictures of her. <laughs> oh, okay, I pissed off my mother-in-law one time. We were at a, uh, we were at some benefit and uh, in this and one of and, and that she's part of, and uh, and one of the guys that was helping. Can I help you, sir? I said, no, I'm I'm so son-in-law. Oh, you are? Well, your mother-in-law is an absolute treasure. And I said, yeah, and there's been a time or two when I wanted to bury her, too. But, uh... <laughs> oh, Ron. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was fun. <coughs> well, Ron, have you guys got any, uh, has there been any sightings lately in Arkansas? Anything recent? The Ozarks, not yeah. really. I mean, uh, hell, yeah. we, we've all been like everybody else. We've been cooped up. State parks and and federal parks uh, uh, have been closed up. Yeah, you know, so uh, they just opened up some camping and stuff, and 
you know what during the during the summertime it is so hot it is so humid you can't right. hear it as all the peepers and the cheapers and the bugs and stuff right right and the and the air is just thick yeah you can't hear you can't hear yourself think the white noise is just deafening yeah and uh, so that's the reason why I always I always look forward to the fall. Uh, yeah, me too. Around here, it's the same thing, Ron. I, it seemed like the during the summer months, the sightings drop off. You know, yeah. I mean, you might have the odd one or two maybe, but usually they, they're not really active that much during the summer. Well, and I uh, but about that yeah. because the vegetation is more uh, plentiful that time of year. They don't yeah. need to move around and forage. The veg. You know the vegetation is right there for the taking. Right, they place and they find their 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 edible veggies and they they set back and they and they gorge. Yeah. Uh, now now let me let me make an interesting uh, observation. Uh, Pat makes a good point. The fossil records are incomplete. There's still we a lot we haven't found yet. Very true. Right. It's no surprise that to me the Bigfoot remains from 200 years ago haven't been found yet. To me, um, not so. And the, and the reason why is because where have the major hominin, uh, you know, pre-human discoveries, where have they all been made in the last 50 years? In Africa. In Africa, because that's where what? we we originated from Africa. Mm -hmm. They're right. Huh? Yeah. Well, Africa and there's some parts of Asia Minor, uh, which is where Homo erectus was, and there was some merging of uh, the 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 Homo and the uh, the Homo sapiens and, and the and the Homo erectus. So, my point being is, is you want to talk about remoteness? Look at Africa. You know that's really remote. There's a lot of spots that have not been dug up. And there's, I mean, there's spots in North America, but we know, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is the fossil record, it makes sense because that's where we all started. So that's why we're finding all the new stuff there. Finding those fossil records, they're finding it in the, in like the Sierras and, and the areas where it is so dry and arid and, 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 um, and uh, but I guarantee you, you're not going to find a fossil remain of anything in the Congo. Right. Um, and, and you know, there's uh, allegedly originated. You, you know what? Uh, there's a lot smarter people than, than you or I that that have have figured that out. Um, I ain't got no letters behind my name. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about you, Ron. There's a comment that was made that allegedly originated from from Africa. Um, you know what? I, I I don't have a PhD behind my name, neither you do. But there's a bunch of them. Uh, not just one or two either. I'm talking about several hundred that believe that have looked at the evidence of that. So I have no reason to, to, uh, and I'm not big into conspiracy theory. Um, you know, uh, uh, conspiracy theories are only true about 3% of the time. The rest is just internet propaganda. You know, oh, we, we're star children and all this other crazy stuff. Well, um, if you uh, give people this, I mean, the amount of uh, uh, we, scientists have have basically processed our entire uh, evolution as mankind with the with enough skeletal remains that wouldn't barely fit in a suitcase. 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, 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 they sell us a lot of things. Science today sell us a lot of things as what they consider as fact when really they don't have as, I mean, their, 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 their fact is based on theory, based on, on what little evidence they can provide. Sounds familiar, yeah. doesn't yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the Bigfoot community. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the other thing is, too, is, well, where have the oldest human remains been found in Africa? So, you know, you can't argue that carbon dating has been around for years and it's not questioned. So, well, the oldest uh, uh, cave drawing found. Well, proof of origin, uh, David says, I'm not into conspiracies or religion either. He, but proof of origin is just a theory, not a fact. <clears throat> but the fact is, is the oldest relatives of us were found in Africa. Mm. They weren't found here. And like I said, we've dug up a lot of here. We've dug up a lot of Europe. You know, uh, we've dug up, a, a, you know, parts of Asia. What's left that we haven't dug up? There, there's really three. Australia, Asia, parts of Asia. I mean, think about China. Most of China is... Matt City, it's it's around the coastal areas where their cities are, and then there's a few here and there. Um, Siberia, there's another area that you don't find a lot. Um, you know, I if you look at the immensity of the planet, um, you know, they're not finding things there. They're finding them in Africa. Why Africa? Why is the oldest one found there? Why don't we find any on the coasts of of China? Why don't we find them on the the the, the coast? I mean, yes, there are some some ancient humans they found in England, but they're not as old as as the ones in, in Africa. And remember, this was all squished. A lot of these places that we can sit in. The Pangea, yep. Most yeah. of them was. Yep. Um, oh, and Mick made a good, good point, too, is that the Bauman incident mentioned the Sasquatch they believed to have shot was taken away by others. As The Bauman incident, it was the Bauman uh, uh, I'm thinking, he's oh. probably thinking about the Eighth Canyon incident. I think, yeah, no, you're talking Fred about Fred. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, the Bauman incident was where the two trappers. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The night before, uh, uh, the the uh, squatches got uh, brave enough. They started hanging around just outside the ring of the of uh, the firelight, and yeah. they one because it got too close, and the other ones dragged it away. And then the next day, they they decided to pull up camp. He got he uh, he got stalled and came back to the camp and found his partner dead. That was the one that was reported by uh, by second source by Theodore Roosevelt. Hang on, we, Sometimes we sometimes we do come prepared. What I have well, right that, here. That, that is in the Wilderness Hunter, I, I believe, and I've got that book somewhere. Um, yeah, that's that's the one where one of the one of the trappers ended up dead. Yeah, yeah. I I think the other incident was uh, the Ape Canyon. Uh, they supposedly shot one that fell off of a ledge or something, and they they oh. couldn't see down in there and couldn't recover the body or something. It was so far down, but uh, yeah. I, I'm sure if they, if they shot one and there was a body, I'm sure the other creatures there dragged it away. And that was the same thing, you know, that I got a report in Kentucky in '93 
which I believe is very credible uh, because these guys actually thought they'd shot one and uh, they hired a, a, a winch truck to go in there and pull the body out, to winch the body out because it was so heavy, they couldn't move it, uh, the two of them. So, and when they came back, there was a blood spot and drag marks and other tracks. So these rascals had, had come there after they left and uh, dragged it away, dragged the body away. And, you know, it was kind of funny, you know, you hear about it, you think, well, gosh, that's a really off the cuff, you know, odd made up story that somebody just telling to have some fun. And I was thought, I was thinking the same thing. But the thing was, I knew this guy and he was a very credible person. And he would not, he had to pay the winch truck guy in advance to go up there. He would not have done that had he had been telling a story, you know, why, why waste your money just to add, you know, relevant facts to a story? I don't think so. No. Uh, part of the uh, story of the siege of Honobi uh, or, or mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, when it was on the front porch, right. They shot at it and, and wounded it or something like that. And, and uh, other squatches helped it uh, back into the woods. Right. I don't know if it was shot and killed, but it uh, but right. it was helped. It was helped back into the woods by other squatches. Yeah. See, uh, you know, I, I'm just reading over the Bauman incident. Mm -hmm. There was no shots fired. Not the, the the night previous. No, I'm reading the entire account. They had heard some stuff the previous evening. I'm like, where is this coming from? There was a TV show that that had added this this gunfight in there. I'm like, oh, I, in all my readings, um, uh, they had that they, they had come back the first night and they saw some prints, possibly of human. He fired his rifle at the vague threatening shadow, but it must have missed. For immediately afterwards, he heard the smashing of the underwood as the thing, whatever it was, rushed off into the impenetrable blackness of the forest in the night. Right, right. It, it was not. It was not shot. It was not I, I, dragged off by other because they never mentioned it was a Sasquatch in the whole thing. They yeah. see this human-like. They see shadows. They see a human-like track, but they never see it. They never mention the word Bigfoot or Sasquatch or any, or hairy man beast or anything. So what happens is is this part is they, they were looking at it. at midnight. Bauman was awakened by some noise and sat up in his blankets yeah. as he did. So his nostrils were struck by a strong wild beast odor and he caught yeah. the gloom of a great body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean to grasping his rifle. He fired at the vague threatening shadow, but must have missed for immediately afterwards. He heard the smashing of the underwood as the thing, whatever it was rushed off into the impenetrable blackness of the forest night. So yeah. he never, he, he, there was not anyone ever carried off in the Bauman story. Yeah. There was a shot I, taken at it. Maybe I'm I think, uh, I think that was, they're probably thinking about the eighth Canyon is what I'm thinking. It's kind of a mishing, a mishmashing of that. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably thinking of the Hollywood version. Then. Right. Hmm. <laughs> And, and it was there was an airing on the I forget one of the, one of the new shows, um, and uh, they they had the it shooting it and you know him having this big battle with it after he after he found the friend dead to escape from it, and I'm going this is not 
real. This is not. So I stopped watching the show. That's why I don't even remember the name. I'm like, well, this show is just adding, you know, Hollywood into their stories. And yeah, they've added a, a little I, bit of. Yeah. A but little yeah. bit of action going. <laughs> so I, th- I think it was OT said that no, there was no Bigfoot dragged off. He took a shot, but there were there was not. So that's why, because I, I, you know, that was one of the earlier. I mean, when I got into this, mm-hmm. I started by reading the classics, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I may not refer to each one by detail, little details, you know, but I know that the general idea and according to beck he shot one and it fell into the canyon fell into a canyon that's right Right, they couldn't recover it because it was so far down right that's probably what they were thinking of but i knew bauman had taken a shot but i never never recall him seeing more than one creature in fact they didn't really actually clear out and out see it they saw the footprints they saw the odor but that's what i remember that on the bauman incident uh, it was moving on two legs, but they never actually got a clear vision, a uh, uh, sighting, visual sighting, other uh, than it by the. <laughs> Interesting in how these beings use technology. Okay, yeah. let's let's get off the paranormal Bigfoot. Bigfoot is not paranormal, folks. It's not smart. It's not like <laughs> us. Okay, Let, let's get off that. <laughs> well, the category the category is you know it's on paranormal in the paranormal category on Blog Talk. People ask me, do you think that the Bigfoot is smarter than us? And I said, no. And they go, how come? I said, we got better dental uh, coverage. That's true. Well, if you think about it, if you think about it, you know, why would you walk around a forest with ticks and, 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 you know, stuff? You don't have pockets to carry this technology, right? (laughs) I mean, where would you carry it? Why don't we ever see them using any tools? Why don't we see them, you know, come on. You know, it's fantasy. These people are living in fantasy land. You know, Matt yeah. Moneymaker actually made a, a compelling argument that probably one of the highest part of their, uh, uh, of their mortality, reason for their mortality rate is not because of predation or, or anything like that, but parasite and tooth decay. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly possible. Yeah. I mean. Entirely possible. Uh, you know, parasites are, are horrible. But I do believe they they have some immunities to some of the things we have. Because if you think about it, the reason why humans have become very exposed to different types of, of things like viruses is because, you know, think about it, the way we live. We, we, we you know, we have access to, to antibacterials and people are getting sicker. And it's funny, you know. <clears throat> you know, like, like a hundred years, you know, you know, it's, it's very interesting that whole line of thought, but when you don't expose yourself at a young age to like different bacteria and viruses, uh, you don't build an immunity to them and then you can be really struck very hard. Well, but then, but then you have what happened to the native Americans with smallpox. Yeah. So there are certain things that could decimate uh, a Sasquatch as well. I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, for, for my guess is as good as any. So like that new uh, tick borne virus that, you know, uh, you get bit and you, you become uh, allergic to red meat. Hell, that, that right there is enough to sit, uh, for me to take a long, uh, long trip off of a short cliff. I know. I good mean, God. Wait, you take away my ability to eat uh, a, a good T-bone steak and that's it. I'm done. Well, there well, would be some things, though, you know, you would, think, yeah. but there would be some things, though, that, that, you know, on the dental 
thing. The, they end, could end up dying, uh, I think, uh, what do they call it, a dental death uh, when their teeth get so bad but, but uh, that hold, they can't eat anymore. But let's, let's, let's think about this, too, is if their primary diet is leaves, grasses, maybe some berries, the only time they're, they're getting any, anything that can attack their tooth enamel is maybe if they right. eat berries or, right. or some of that acid. The, the reason why humans have such tooth decay is because we are yeah. sugar refined sugar addicts. Right. Yeah, but, they're they're they don't and, have exposure to and much carbs. sugar. We eat we eat a ton of carbs and guess what yeah. carbs break to down? They start breaking up in the mouth and yeah. that it breaks into sugar and then that affects your teeth as well. Don't I know it? I'm not talking about just going toothless right. right. Bad or yeah. I'm talking about you know even um an abscess tooth. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets in the bloodstream. I've known I've known healthy grown men dying because of that. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to say what you know what they're because we have no we have no records to study. Um but strangely enough, um and now now that's kind of an interesting thing. What's the tooth decay process on a gorilla or a chimpanzee? Because they would live similarly to a Sasquatch. And that would make sense that they were kind of, if they're, they're all primates, so they would kind of run parallel to their rate of decay and stuff like that. You know, right. uh, you bring that up, Steve. I was watching, a, uh, it was on, uh, yeah, I was on National Geographic. They were doing a, uh, an actual show about uh, mountain gorillas. And the, um, and the apex mountain gorilla, uh, the old, the old uh, silverback, uh, uh, was being uh, his uh, his position was being threatened by his own son, you know, a younger gorilla. And the thing is, the younger gorilla ended up killing its father, but not by violence. He would never. He, he, they never got into a full blown, you know, knockout drag out fight. Right. He never let his older father uh, settle down and rest. His older father always had to. Uh, his older father always had to get up, and and uh, and move to another spot so they wouldn't get into a big old confrontation. You know what happened to the older gorilla? He died of heart failure. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that is the most diabolical thing I've ever heard. He yeah. wore he wore the old man out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's another interesting thing. Uh, uh, OT says, don't forget, water has parasites, which can compromise the critter up there. And, and yeah. water can have other things, too, like PCBs and pollution and radiological drains, depending on where they're floating around. Um, you know, and, and then B made a good point. Don't I know this, too, that the tooth decay and to teeth issues are also an heredity thing as well. Right. And some some folks. Um, OT says, what a crafty bugger, death by no sleep. Yeah. Um, that's terrible, but you yeah. know that's nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only that, but uh, I do believe that that a Sasquatch has kind of an immunity towards um, Salmonella or E. coli or anything like that. I'm pretty uh, like, like heartworms or or you know uh, uh, just your basic parasites that gets into your your system. Yeah. 
but but you know like like the the like E. coli and salmonella yeah. because a sasquatch eats raw food i mean raw foods as did we i mean that was the whole basis of the the original atkins diet was basically going down back to a, like almost like a prehistoric dinner but after we just started cooking food and you know meats and proteins and our body processed meats and proteins very efficiently and uh, you know, e- you know, people that were eating that, that went on this diet, that they weren't eating carbs. Uh, they were, I forget what they call it, uh, going in ketosis maybe or whatever. But no, that's a keto diet. Um, but uh, the folks, they were eating bacon and eggs and bacon and more bacon and and meat and meat and meat. And, and after a month, they found their cholesterol was going down. That the body was taking over and remembering how to process all that stuff. And that's, that's the reason why that diet. So people lost a lot of weight because uh, there was no, you know, carb is a very slow breakdown type of food. That's why we're as humans and we're all that way. We have a little bit of flab um, because we're, we're, we're carb rich now. Um, if you look at people, you know, a couple hundred years ago, they were a lot leaner. Yes, there were some portly ones. But usually they were the the upper class who, you know, had plenty of these, you know, decadent items, you know, such as breads and, you know, elegant breads and, you know, truffles and all that fun stuff. So you, you'd think about that, you know, why why haven't you got any obese chimpanzees? Because they, they have their own diet and it, it, it negates that carbohydrate stuff. It, you know, they're eating grasses and leaves and meat, grasses and leaves and meat. Well, when you throw away the stuff like, the processed foods and stuff that we have now every day as common thing, like the cookies and, and the yep. bread and, and the sugary drinks, you know, yep. uh, you know, we love all this stuff and it's common. That's why I'm overweight. Okay. I know it, <laughs> but, but that's okay because I love that stuff. But now if you start drinking water, you start eating uh, vegetables and some meat and leave off the breads and stuff, you're going to start dropping down on weight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can do that, change your diet. I could change my diet and lose weight. But unfortunately, I like to drink my ski and I do like to eat a sandwich every now and then. So, you know, yep. but believe it or not, you know, uh, you can have a balance of carbohydrate. I mean, you think about it when, when a set of fruits have sugars in them, which are carb, you know, the same yeah. effect as carbohydrate. So, yeah, if you have a very, you know, rich fruit diet, you may get. A little portly, but fructose breaks down the bodies differently than than your your um, glucose. Yeah. So, so and yeah, I mean, and there's time and there's times of years that I'm I'm sure that the squatches take a, um uh, take opportunity. I mean, you know, right. uh, blackberries, uh, mountain berries, uh, yeah. you know, all sorts of mountain yes. berries and stuff like that. You know, you know, y'all were talking about uh, how uh, uh, the bears. You know they're omnivores. Right. Uh, if, if you ever have you ever heard about the uh, uh, the uh, need uh, that the uh, brown bears or the grizzly bears, they actually uh, uh, on moths. The dangest thing that there uh, there is a, a period of time where the um, where bears uh, sort of congregate along these um, uh, these uh, cliffs and mountainsides. And they're digging it, and they're always digging into the uh, uh, the side of the mountain to just to eat uh, because these moths are, uh, come 
uh, they they you know come from the, their larvae or whatever, mm-hmm. and the and the bear has actually used that as a good chunk of their of their intake. Moss, or hun- yeah, moss, honey. I mean, look 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 at the the, the sugars and honey. Yes, uh, that'll put it. <clears throat> so, well, we're winding down the show, but you actually said something that uh, kind of reminded me of something. Uh, it was a. Um, uh, citing reports that I took in 2008 or 2007, 2008 in the Catskills. And, uh, this family had seen these things, you know, around their property, uh, over a course of, you know, a few weeks, it was getting pretty constant. And then they kind of dissipated as it turned out right nearby, there was a mountain side of blackberry bushes. Yes. And uh, it seemed like they were attracted to come into those blackberry bushes and get the berries. You know, then you look at the, the, the you know, the, the Pridgen video with uh, the thing swinging in the background. That place was loaded with wild berries. You look at, you know, the, the, the sightings in Whitehall around the apple orchards. So, yeah, you know, they're, they have to be opportunists. And, they, and uh, the, the amazing thing about that Catskill story was, is that I actually talked to a six-year-old girl who had seen it out the window. And, I, you know, I asked her, what did you see? I saw a big monkey is how she described it. Hmm. And um, it was just kind of standing there and it kind of just ambled on off. Oh, yeah. I got, a, uh, I got a witness that he's become a friend over the years. He called me up. It was about two years ago. I mean, he was pissed off. He grew about three peach trees, and they finally got to the age. They had some beautiful peaches. He was ready to harvest them, and overnight, every one of those peaches, and I'm not talking yeah. about the ones laying low. I'm yeah. talking every one of those wow. were gone. Yeah. And he was, oh, he was fit to be tied. I <laughs> was pissed off. And he goes, how the hell did they take off with all those peaches? Right. Uh, I said, one at a time. You know, yeah, yeah. So they're probably picking them off the tree and putting them in their mouth, probably. (laughs) Well, there's a few of them. (laughs) Yeah, more than one. But he said all three of those peaches, all those peach trees, and I'm talking the ones that were good, you know, eight, ten feet up in the air. Yeah, was picked clean. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Overnight. We have that same problem in Kentucky with peach trees and apple trees. And it's kind of funny because a lot of people will plant a small apple orchard near their home, within sight of their home. And they'll find that on the the side of the house that's facing away from the house, one side of the tree will be bare and the other side will still have fruit on it. And uh, the, 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 the trees that are planted without, with not within sight of the house, Oh man, they're just gone. You go out there and there's, there might've been fruit the night before. And then the next day there's nothing but leaves on that tree. It's, it's gone. All the fruit's been picked. You you have to understand if somebody has a Sasquatch hanging around the house for a, a small period of time, you have to ask yourself why. And yeah. what I've found is usually there's some food source nearby that they're, right. you know, they're, Oh, they want this. And yeah. Hey, you know, no, you know, uh, I remember one of my first reports I ever took was out in Fulton County, New York, and it was within, uh, you know, a couple hundred yards of the, of the, the city dump. Yeah. So imagine, you know, at nighttime, one of those things walking into a dump and trying to find food. And 
or you know that's entirely possible or finding something of interest in there who knows they're opportunists we know they toss camps um Steve, if, if I may, I, I'll leave you with one uh, a little story. An old friend of mine, his name was uh, Bill Buning. Uh, he passed away a, a couple of years ago. But for years, he was telling me about this one spot that he would uh, he would park his vehicle, you know, in the afternoon and, the, and, and, and during the wintertime. And he, yeah. he, he always uh, covered himself with uh, horse blankets and, uh, and uh, used horse blankets and watched these lanes come out and about. And for years, and he says, and you won't believe where it is. You won't believe it is. But he wouldn't take me. To, he wouldn't take me to where it was until finally one night he finally took me there. And he says, you're not going to believe it. And he took me where he parked his um, parked his truck. And sure enough, there was there was forest land all around this elementary school. Hmm. And of course, around the elementary school, it was cleared cleared out, and and the. Uh, and, you know, with the with the uh, playground and stuff, and he and but all around it was forest land. And he goes, now why would they hang around, uh, hang around so close to a, a school like that? And I said, Bill, don't you understand? I said, this is free bread and circus. Yeah, yeah. This is easy food and 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 entertainment. Yeah, they walk the kids and and stuff during the day and at night. Man, they go dumpster diving. Yeah. And and getting all that stuff, those kids won't eat. Yeah, how much fruit gets thrown away? How much you know vegetables get thrown away? Yeah, or the uh, or the meat of 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 uh, Tuesday. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, you would think that uh, they would be like uh, repelled by noise, but as it turns out, they're actually attracted to it. And yeah. the noises, the noises that children make. You know, years ago. 2010, I'm out on a hike with my wife and my five-year-old son, and he's making so much racket, laughing, yelling, having a good time, and I'm thinking, if there's any Sasquatches within a three-county area, they will be gone. You know, I have no opportunity whatsoever. Sure, sure enough, yeah. as yeah, like you know, 15 minutes later, you know, I, I hear a noise and look over, oh, there's one right there. <laughs> you know, 25, 30 feet away. And uh, so they, they were actually brought in by all that noise rather than yeah. repelled by it. And, like uh, a music festival. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of make you kind of wonder, though. You know, I had, of course, I was armed, but I had some creepy feelings about it. Why was that thing interested in my son? Was it thinking, oh, look at the little one, you know, oh, isn't he cute? Or was he thinking, boy, you know, if I can get a, get that that little one away from them <coughs> parents, that'll be some good eating, you know. Uh, well, I think it's like uh, us uh, seeing baby chimpanzees or baby apes. Oh, <coughs> let me. Uh, we are just about out of time. Let me just take a couple of quick comments here in the chat. Um, I suspect Sasquatch's health would decline if it ate a human diet. That system wouldn't be accustomed to many of the foods we agreed. I think yeah. that they're scavenging. It's not a constant thing. I think, that, um, let me give you a good example. Um, he, OT made eating school lunches. It's got to be tough out there. I know we all have eaten that square looking pizza. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, in uh, the last little story before we have to sign off, but uh, <clears throat> in Monsters of the Northwoods, um, uh, Bruce Hallenbeck's grandmother, who was having a lot of 
uh, activity around our property, a whole area known as the Kinderhook creature was going on. I mean, everybody was seeing, they were hearing it, they were seeing it, they were seeing shadows running in their, in their driveways as they were pulling in, they were seeing it walking along a road and darting into the brush. Hmm. Um, well, his grandmother had seen these things, so he took, he removed the bird feeder and he put some food up there and he put some fruits at first and they disappeared put some that you know put some vegetables up there they disappeared then he got a little creative okay i'm gonna put a steak up there and the steak disappeared next i'm gonna put some chicken and the chicken was gone then he said well i'm gonna get a little crafty i'm gonna put a pizza up there and he put a box pizza up there and the next morning he found the pizza box in the yard and he opened it up and the pizza was still there didn't like the pizza <laughs> because it was too foreign to them. Yeah. You know, you can bait yeah. it with stuff it knows, you know, beef right. and meat and, and, and stuff like that. It's like it's like trying to bait, and this is the, one of my big arguments, people trying to bait a Sasquatch in New York State with oranges. Right. You don't know what the hell an orange is. They don't right. see them. Uh, yeah. you got to kind of think locally when, when, you're, when you're trying to, yep. to uh, bait anything. Uh, try to think locally. Um, so that's so, what I made that mistake, Steve. I was yeah. thinking, oh, man, what do primates like? Well, you know, the chimpanzees, they loved oranges. So I'll bet you these things will love oranges, too. And you put it out there on the exact spot where they're at, and it mm. stays there. They never touch it. Yeah, even the local animals won't touch it because they don't right. know what it is. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, what oh, is that? I don't know. It smells nice, but I'm not eating that. Not not to, yeah. na not to nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we got to blow out of here because tomorrow I'm on expedition for a couple of nights. Yeehaw. Well, so, uh, come on. Thanks, Ron. Oh, no problem at all, Ron. Thanks for coming on, my brother. Right. And from all of us here at Squatch DTV, we want to wish everybody a safe, healthy, happy week. Thanks, everybody, for your participation. Chris, you want to do your subscribe thing? Oh, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. It helps us out, please. <laughs> we need you. And Thanks. And by the way, Chris, Fourth of July. By the way, Chris, yeah, but we we breached our one thousandth subscriber. All right, dude. Can yeah. we start putting yeah. links in the videos now? Hopefully, not yet. Not, not yet. Oh, now well. I'm just, I'm okay, just waiting on. on you YouTube come to on. go. Okay, you're monetized, or you're you know you can join the 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 platform. You yeah, know, where you can monetize. You can, or you can. Uh, yeah. And of course, they're making the excuse. Well, you know, it may take a little while. COVID nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, again, we want to wish everybody a happy, safe week. God bless. Of course, keep on squatching, guys. We'll catch you here next week, nine p.m. Eastern. Squatch TV, and hopefully, we'll have some good expedition video. I'll be working on that when I get back. And thanks to Ron Bowles for coming on tonight. Have a good night, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Happy July. Folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.